0: Speed, agility, power, I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here, handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion.
1: Everybody, Roxy Fever here. Jackson Elliot, Vias. We're all hanging hey. out. We're going to be joined by uh Patrick Johnson a little bit later. Johnston, sorry, uh, in probably like I don't know, 20 minutes or so. But uh, we have a lot of bullshitty stuff to catch up on because it's been a while since uh, since we've all talked. So uh, we're just going to do that now and then uh, we'll uh, we'll let everybody know when when PJ shows up. But uh, how are you guys doing?
2: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
1: I'm good. You know, uh, vacation was fun. Um, yeah, Jackson was at the white Lotus. That's right. Yes. I uh, really, I
3: really want to like, we don't record with our
1: videos on, but
3: it'd be great if I turned it on and it's Jackson. It's, it's <laughs> dark Jackson. It's
1: <laughs> it I'm a, I'm a little tan. <laughs> I got burned on my like second to last day. Uh, pretty bad, but it was fine. the first day though. Oh, yeah. No, it was actually like, I mean, it was literally of all the days for it to happen. It was the best one because it's like if it's the last day, then you got to get on the airplane with a fresh sunburn. Uh, And and so because it was the second to last day, it was our last day, like hanging around outside at the beach pretty much. So soak it up. I just like wandered around uh, a mall for our last day. So it wasn't like that big of a deal that I was in searing pain. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did want to tell you guys about one thing that happened because it made me uh, think of you guys. So we went to the Royal Palace, right? Um, Like the whole Hawaiian Royal Palace. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Like uh, it was built by the real royalty. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was yeah. it was built by Kamehameha IV or something, um, or maybe the guy after that. I can't remember. But, um, you know, pre, like, when they were the Kingdom of Hawaii, before they became a U.S. state. And uh, that was really cool. Got to learn a lot about Hawaiian history, which is really interesting. Uh, and then, but then, at the very end, you can go into, like, the basement, um, and there's just, like, a, a sort of, it's more... Um, the 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 first part is kind of very structured and you have like an audio tour and you got to wear like uh, plastic bags on your shoes and stuff. Yep. And then the yep. basement is like, it's more just like free form, hang around, like go look at whatever you want kind of thing. And there's like a security guard doorman guy there or whatever. And he was the most, like at least in terms of how he talked, the most like Tony Soprano ass man of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, which was weird because, uh, as I'll get into the diaspora, in a second, far. he <laughs> no, he he's like lived in Hawaii since he was five years old, and he's like sixty-two or some fucking <laughs> thing, and he just still talks with this like Italian accent, like Italian American accent or whatever, and um, I just overhear him talking with uh, with these these people about like the museum or whatever, and he's just like, uh, um yep, the Hawaiian kingdom was overthrown uh, illegally in <laughs> 1957, and that is why you will never see this palace fly the American flag.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. And then, what, a, uh, what a complex.
1: I know. And then they, they just, like, keep talking or whatever. And he was like, I was not born in Hawaii. I moved to Hawaii in 1957 when I was five years old. If I had been born in Hawaii, I would consider myself a Hawaiian rather than an American. <laughs> And then yeah, proceeded yeah. to he talk an about awesome type
2: of guy. It was amazing, yeah.
1: and then he was, and then he proceeded literally to talk about how he's the only guy who works at the uh, museum who's seen the ghost uh, that lives <laughs> in the museum. <laughs> I was just like, "This is the coolest man I've ever met in my entire life." <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, I just really wanted to tell that you guy deserves a show. Absolutely. This... Oh yeah, <laughs> that is that is like the YVR
3: or the NYC Rino voice, like. No, that's even more progressive than
1: that oh yeah, yeah. That no that guy's
3: just racist the best yeah
1: yeah 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 <laughs> oh i like a like a uh, new jersey guido who's like a hawaiian nationalist <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic it was amazing yeah i have a little
3: bit more hope because of that now
1: yeah no it was it was really nice uh uh we met oh, actually a lot of cool a lot of cool people and then a lot of like just insanely rude Americans, <laughs> 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 which was, which really just made me realize like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I understand why everyone says Canadians are polite. And it's just because like, it's not that Americans are rude. It's that when you, when you meet Americans that are rude, they're rude in a way that's just like totally otherworldly to me. It's
3: aston- it's astonishing to know that that is the, the, like the, err peoples mm-hmm. of the world right now yes you know yeah. like it's the uh yeah. the american accent also is can be pretty surprising
1: oh yeah like yeah. when you
3: hear it on tv you're so used to it but then you hear some guy in the airport next to you who is very much from vermont yeah they, they, it's a completely different oh accent.
1: yeah yeah there's some well, weird so voices weird out
2: there states, right because oh yeah they have a lot more access than we do
1: they have so many like they have they have way more than we do even though people make fun of us for our accents. Like America's got a different accent for every state almost. Right. Um, and some are obviously like a lot more similar than others, but we, we met one family where their oldest son, they were terrible. They were the worst. They were like horrible to stand behind at the Hagenos place um place. <laughs> um, and, uh, and their son, their oldest son who looked like he was maybe about like 17 or 18. Uh, was literally named Bubba or at least that's what they called him and they People literally live in a different world. fucking talked like they were from you know they talked like from, the fucking Cletus, Cletus the slack yokel or whatever mm. um, but yeah uh, it was it was a good time I had a good time uh, oh, well. you guys went to the game last night right
3: yeah uh, last last minute got a free ticket because nobody was buying the season ticket Rock Uh on. usually and I mean, that's the Anaheim people...
1: game for those of you listening. Yeah, Mar- the, the March 8th game. March 8th uh, game, yeah.
3: They, those people who didn't buy the ticket had the right idea. I mean,
1: I had a good time. We had a great time. Yeah. It, it, yeah. We, had, we
3: had a fun time just sitting there 10 rows behind the Canucks but bench. But there's also Fantastic like something, seats.
1: there's also but... something perverted about all three of us where like, if we went to a game where the Canucks lost 10-0, we would be like elated oh my god <laughs> you know best. so the time i went just... to a
2: game with ryan and we were just outright cheering for the canucks to give up 50 shots against the blues Ex-
1: exactly like, like i yeah. i
3: went to that home opener this year i was so hyped
1: about the I jersey so,
3: uh, the jersey being tossed in the yeah. first like the home fucking opener that's yeah. my highlight of the year I, you, yeah, I will forget absolutely. all of Andre Kuzmenko's and Pedersen's World oh, yeah, of no. year probably. I'll yeah. never forget that I was at the 0-7 oh, home game where he was so in front of the yeah. Both, The go, season go, was beautiful. over
1: by the home opener. How amazing is that?
3: The so was kind good. of over by training camp, if yeah. you ask anybody in town. but Yeah. That yeah, uh, was amazing. great. That's why, while I record, I like to put on full-screen games from the past. Right oh, now, yeah, I me. am watching December eighteenth, twenty ten, Leafs at Canucks game. Silence, just uh, just to keep me from going over the edge, you know.
1: Yeah, I uh, I have this buddy. Uh, we used to work together, and um, I have this like, I have a relationship with one guy from every job I've ever worked. That's also like, like, or or even like places I've worked, like for a little while and then left and then come back like every cycle of the same job as well, where I just like make one friend from every job who just years later continues to just randomly text me about hockey or like message me about hockey. And we just talk about hockey. And uh, this one buddy of mine uh, invites me over sometimes to watch um, hockey. Cause he's like, uh, first of all, actually likes the sport and like honestly probably knows more about he probably knows more about like eastern conference teams than than i do like easily alien Um,
3: pervert uh, but he's also like
1: well i was gonna say i think this will this will either make it worse or completely redeem it but he's also like kind of a degenerate gambler (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so that explains like it really a huge part of the reason why he okay. is that way is that he's he just like um he's what he's one of those people who's like uh sets aside a certain amount of money uh that he has to play with um and gambles and is like he makes money he he, he makes more money than he loses so good for him but uh i went over to his place a while ago and just watched like we watched the Canucks game, but then we uh, beforehand just he had game centers or whatever the fuck uh, sports center. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we just like flipped through when you really got to watch that
3: Buffalo versus St. Louis game. But like in, in a game center,
1: honestly, watching other teams games, I was like, man, I've been watching like a different sport for the last yep. like 10 yep. years oh then absolutely. what normal
3: hl like, game with the better hl team with a better broadcast team, yeah you know? yeah
1: exactly
3: i've i have always felt that even when i was a fan in like 2008 i'd throw on another team like game or highlights or whatever and they'd also just score cooler goals in the canucks all the time yeah and i was just like i, I just i would uh, I feel like a kid watching another kid get a better video game. Some of go, that is like re-
1: reverse endowment effect, I think. Um, because like because like now, as as an older person, like I'm able to realize that like, you know, the West Coast Express team was like, I shit on it a lot, but it was like very special in terms of like, that line was the best line in hockey for like three years. And Marcus Naslin was like, in hilariously Canucks fashion, the highest scoring forward player for like four or five years just never ended up winning anything because of the three years hockey.
3: Peter Forsberg was healthy. Yeah, exactly. The same three years.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, uh, so, so yeah, there was that, and then obviously like the Sidians like the 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 heyday of the Sidians was like some of the best hockey uh, period. I think um, but yeah like I, I have also always felt that way like it's always felt in some on some level like the other teams are not all of them but just most of them are like real and the Canucks are fake somehow um, mm-hmm. even when they were good <laughs> I don't know what what uh, produces that phenomenon but
3: mhm so, uh, real quick before we have our last nine minutes for PJ comes on. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, how, sure. how do we want to approach this? Do we, do we, do we save yeah. our talk about what has happened since our last episode for that? Or, um,
1: I mean, I think we could probably, we could probably start and then just, you know, let PJ jump in. Cause I mean, there, there's only, or not rather the opposite of there's only, there's a lot of stuff potentially to talk about. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to like talk over PJ, but I have a lot to say about it. So it might not okay. be the worst idea to just kind of jump into. I guess what would, the Canucks really only did one thing, right? Like, I mean, uh, fucking trading uh Curtis Lazar for a fourth. Who cares? You know, uh, yeah. all that shit is who cares. Um, like, Thinking oh, uh, stopped, who cares?
2: Yeah, yeah, crap craft, even if. <laughs> He was
1: looking at
2: what? Which dancer was he looking at? Questionably, yeah. Oh, last night. Oh. oh yeah. Uh, fuck. I, I know what you're. I think it was about. like Mom's Night Out dance competition, and he was like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, extremely <laughs> into it.
1: If we traded, yeah, none for of the,
3: uh, None of the other players are watching the screen, and he was ex- 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 very attentively. Watching oh, I really hope we moms. traded
1: for Xavier Laflamme. That oh, would oh, rock. Yeah. Russian Xavier Laflamme. Um, Oh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, immediately after doing the smart thing and trading Beau Horvat for a high leverage first round pick and a bunch of other stuff uh, that didn't matter really that much. I are arguably I don't know whatever uh, they turned around and traded that high leverage first round pick for Jeremy Hronik, Um or sorry, <laughs> Philip Hronik. um uh, Did you do that
3: on purpose? Because that's what I've been thinking this whole time
1: i did it i did the thing where i've been doing you it made the on jokes purpose so many times, for so long stop. exactly yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Brad, uh, a quick comments on that i know a little bit more but yeah. we yeah. accidentally sat behind chester from twitter
1: oh that's funny chester. yeah <laughs>
3: and i also accidentally and this i would have said hi because sure. i because i uh i see him as a hero it's fine. He, like we're all he's the one who brought we him all down talk
2: to each other online it would be weird not to yeah talk yeah. to each other in person Yeah, just I like, like Jester, hey
1: he's cool love yeah. your work yeah <laughs> keep it up you know did he, did he buy I, the chronic did, jersey as a joke or i, I, don't, I don't can't I don't
3: tell
1: so. about okay. it that's
3: I, he, he wasn't that's like wow he wasn't like standing up and like no, pointing to it or anything like no this guy just, just sat some random guy just sat down right in front of us in the chronic jersey <laughs> like,
1: what that's really funny. and then
3: we pieced together and me but uh this also came a couple days after i act uh, on not on purpose threatened him on twitter <laughs> 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 which i meant as a complete joke but my sense of humor, I I forget that sometimes it sounds mean, and <laughs> nobody else would would, yes. would think that what I'm thinking is funny. Believe it or not, but I understand I said, hey, how you feel. If you're if you're <laughs> posting, if you're posting sixty jerseys you own, many of them including third and fourth liners.
2: I want to rob you. It's just name specific two players that wasn't that he doesn't own. Yeah,
3: He's and then sort of, he
2: ran- like, if you own a David, if you own sixty jerseys including a David Booth one. And the Like Yes. Yeah. You should get robbed. Yeah, and then you, you, you deserve like, to get robbed. That to is true. David Booth jersey.
3: <laughs> Man. Yeah, he 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 came in from uh, onto the sub tweet that saying that uh, I actually don't own one of those. Um oh, and I was and I got scared because I was like, Oh fuck.
2: Well you he should just be so. like that I'm not talking about you.
3: <laughs> well, that's what I did. I lied and I said I was talking about <laughs> somebody else. Uh.
1: I was, about, I, was I was talking about. I was talking about Jeffler. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I should
3: funny. have said it was Jeffler. Yeah, but so yeah, that's oh, why I didn't say
2: hi. <laughs> so instead, oh, we man. just sat behind him for an entire game, which is not at all worse. If he ever finds yeah, out, yeah, which
3: is which is just normal. Yeah, it's a it's a normal kind of thing to but do. That's very funny. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, just just on, I, I'm just gonna fire fire off like a quick couple minutes on on the chronic thing um yeah that aren't even really that are only kind of about the chronic thing like do you guys have you either of you I, i'm pretty sure vias you've seen it but uh have either of you guys seen the um uh dorktown history of the atlanta falcons documentary i watched
3: most of it the john Boys video yeah i watched okay. most of it
1: yeah so, there's I'm a... not I don't remember
2: it if I watched it,
1: yeah, fair enough. it's it's good. it's it's more it's not as like uh the it,
3: it won't make you cry like the Dave Steve one. yeah, but, and it's not you know, as so kind good. of
1: like fun as the Mariners one because the Atlanta Fal- Falcons aren't as fun. I think it's actually mostly just that for me, listening to football plays get described as like listening to like Italian or Spanish. In that, like I can kind of understand it, but there's also just big gaps where I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, yeah. But Baseball like uh, is romantic. Yes. In comparison.
3: Yeah. Great. It's not so, as yeah. romantic as football.
1: It's still great, though. Uh, yeah. uh the the documentary. And there's a part where after they lose to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, um like he goes he goes on for a bit and it's like really sad and dejected and like you know, like, especially given the sort of gravity of the moment, and what it would have meant for a team from the blackest city in America to beat the Patriots. Right. And then yeah. it just kind of like goes quiet for a second. And then the camera just pans to the Atlanta Falcons, the original Atlanta Falcons logo that looks super dopey.
3: Yeah. And then he just yeah.
1: goes and then he just goes. You little motherfucker. And he just goes like, you waited for the perfect possible moment to do this. The 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 highest leverage possible fuck up in the funniest possible way. Like applause, just 10 out of 10, no notes. And that is kind of how I feel about this phronic thing, where where it was like they waited just long enough to make me think maybe they would do something different. And then it's like Eric and Branson, which, and I realize it's not Eric and Branson, but like <laughs> it's, it, it's... It, it it turns out that they didn't
3: turn around from that first trade and and then undo everything. They were just mid sentence, and yeah. because Hans Moldman was the one doing it, he speaks so slowly, we yeah. just assumed he was done. Like no, he had a whole other diatribe to yeah. go off exactly yeah i'm glad i put the i I got the hands of all men in before pat came in no that's good you're correct be less salacious when you're here but uh
1: yeah uh and so uh i was walking around the largest uh the world's largest open-air mall uh trying to get a wi-fi signal and then just like happened to get one and i'm like oh sweet okay cool i'm in some clothing store with my wife that has its own wi-fi signal i'm like great awesome uh, look at Twitter. See that the Canucks made that trade, and I'm like sunburnt, and I like there's not a lot of red cool stuff. Madden. almost
3: nude.
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, I just like got so bad. Like I was just like, I'm like hot and burnt, and like you know, <laughs> my vacation's over. And then I just see that, and uh, as a result, I haven't watched hockey. Uh, since <laughs> since I left for Hawaii. Fair enough. I don't know what it was about this specifically, because it's not the worst thing they've done. It's not even the worst thing they've done this season. And it doesn't even really matter in comparison to like murdering migrant workers and like children via not having smoke alarms or like, firing bruce or rachel dory or like you know it's not of the magnitude of anything like that but something about this thing just made me actually have like an existential moment where i had to really ask myself like does this enrich my life
0: um and on that
1: note patrick johnson has joined us Johnston, I'm gonna do that like probably five more times.
0: You fucking asshole. PJ, how's it going? Uh, well, I, you know what? It's always a pleasure to enrich someone's life.
1: Ah, good. Yes, you enrich my life. That was actually where I was going with that. Is that um, <laughs> at this point, the friends that I've made from doing this? Okay. Are
0: okay.
1: are those friendships are durable enough that I could have them without? really giving a shit about the vancouver canucks
0: oh there you go
1: and so i had to have a i really do have had a maybe the real canucks
2: are the friends we made along the way i think nah, that is
1: exactly the case yes um
0: <laughs>
1: so anyways how you doing pj
0: i'm good boys <laughs> girls went to sleep you know we're for right. dad talk right this is yes. dad talk absolutely want yeah, dad times.
1: <clears throat> we're all we are all spiritually dads now um even though you know, we will ask
3: we will have you give Elliot advice by the end of the episode boys be careful <laughs> what you wish for
1: yeah fair <laughs> enough yeah um I don't know if you know but Elliot
3: is uh, Elliot uh
1: I am a future dad very soon oh congratulations yeah, that's right yeah. yeah we're we're it's at the point weeks. where you could say that
0: <laughs> how far in uh um, oh.
1: eight weeks left
0: yeah it was oh okay well enjoy it while it lasts your wife uh sorry Elliot is his wife or your partner
2: yeah, yeah
0: my wife yeah um yes. yeah okay she's still all right but in about a week or two she's gonna be like okay how much longer Cause it's just- <laughs> oh she is she's <laughs> she already there oh okay yeah. it, sucks. Uh, it just sucks god bless and molly uh, stayed in for two extra weeks brutal. she had to be she had to be evicted 12 days after her due date and then <laughs> oh my and when they, goodness and when they pulled her out we're standing there and then you know you're in the hallway like <laughs> Candace is puking her guts out in oh, the, God. in the, in the OR. I'm out in the hallway with the nurse and holding, holding all, like this tiny thing. And the nurse points at the, at the warming table. And there's the bag with the placenta in it. She's like, that's a, that's a very healthy placenta. And I'm like, so she wasn't going or like, nope. And so, you know, boys, you know, <laughs> these are, these are grim truths about how things used to be. I might not have been a dad. Wow. In the old no. days. But
1: anyway, here we are. Congratulations! Amazing, Oh, yeah. oh lord. So, uh, well, I think I think the first thing I have to ask you, PJ, is uh, in 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 the grand uh, multi year history of this show, I don't think I've ever had anyone actually behave as though they wanted to come on the show. Uh, and certainly not as aggressively as you have over the past like couple of weeks. So I have to ask like, why?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It kind of became a bit. I mean, this goes back to yes, not knowing which chips to buy. Like,
1: it's... ah, yes. Right.
0: <laughs> okay. It's just an ongoing bit. I mean, let's be clear. You guys had me on once and twice, I, twice. What was the second time? I mean, I don't remember. Driving. Uh, probably, I think you probably came in alone. Or yeah, I think probably. Oh no, you're right.
3: Nice.
1: We,
0: yeah, yeah. I just remember no, you, you the time I was in the, the car.
1: Oh, that legendarily bad audio episode. So good.
0: Yeah. Right. I was driving all the way in to the game. The COVID season. It wasn't even the game. It was like, it was a scrimmage. Oh, you were
3: there for a practice or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. It was, right. it was, was early it? in the year. Yeah.
0: Was it? Well, no, no. It was, it was early, early in the year. No, it was like preseason 2020 yeah. 2021 20, I think. That sounds like, right. Like preseason yeah. in in quotes. Yes, and they had they put on a scrimmage for themselves because there was no like there was no spring you know there was no training like there was no preseason games that season. That seems <laughs>
1: anyway. e- even oh, that yes, in yeah, and of yeah, itself
0: yeah. seems seems oh.
1: insane that like they oh. did something and, and invited media to it that wasn't necessary for them to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> even... I think
0: yeah yeah oh, well no it was no I mean they were essentially required to under the teams. oh okay I mean, right. well. Yeah, anyway I won't, I won't bore people with details there weren't actually there there weren't any media rules that season
1: oh uh, okay yeah yeah
0: or there were anyway it doesn't matter i won't bore people. there were they had to i mean it was basically they had the list in as they do if they're having an open session sure okay it, right to, but i i understand I, yeah anyway no no,
1: no 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 worries i i, I get it now
0: but um, they gave us beer which was very nice that rocks that is un- unprecedented
1: oh yeah that's uncharacteristically uh it certainly yeah. never happened again <laughs> yeah no kidding um so we were we were just talking about what the the reason why i was talking about my existential crisis is because we were talking about philipronic um and the philopronic trade and obviously that's the big th- well i mean to you that probably feels like it's months old now but for us <laughs> I, I went on my honeymoon um Right. Yeah, we we
3: recorded an episode right after the Horvat trade, and it was uh, it was a very hopeful episode, and we forgot oh, yeah. to p- publish it for like two weeks. Pretty much, and yeah. so it, <laughs> it randomly got published days
1: after the chronic trade, and Bravo so boys. we like, really, we, we got a first had, round. Thick. I have Media heard professionals. from certain from a couple people that that is the funniest episode we've ever done because it was so like behind and i was so optimistic about like trading jt miller and having this first round pick um Uh, but uh yeah uh pj uh, Ronick trading a first round pick uh you have to do this for a living are you as tired as i am uh
0: you know that's a funny question because it certainly was tired I was tired, you know, two months ago when it was just the same. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, the twists and turns are thankfully still there, which kind of shake you out of, can shake you out of your slumber. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, before, so here, I'll give you an example. Um, And this is two months ago in Carolina at the end of that year opening, like the literally 2023 opening road trip. I'm in Carolina. Um, You know, this is, this, this scene is probably 15 minutes before we find out that Gino Ojek had died oh, yeah, but yeah. I the Canucks had a horrible first period they just like, you know they're playing Carolina who's amazing and they just look like they're just gonna get out, utterly like skated out of the rink like it's just it's the second of it's been a long it's on a hard week they've actually battled pretty hard like that's been I think in general to their credit mm-hmm. they've been battling hard you know they just weren't very good and they looked like they were going to lose six to nothing to the carolina hurricanes the tail end of a terrible road trip second game in two nights they played the night before in florida blah 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 blah, blah. Yes. and i and i come out of the the, the florida press bar so the carolina press box there's you know it's, it's it's actually not that i mean you guys have never seen the i guess rogers arena one but not actually that dissimilar they've got kind of a couple small sections for reporters there's a bunch of like team and broadcast booths like all the unlike rogers arena all the play-by-play people are on the same side as the press box and i've
1: kind of the- seen the press box because of van hack
0: right okay that's- yeah. Any- so I- yeah 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 I anyway of the, Vancouver the press you. box right. like if you yeah. guys ever look up and people do sometimes because mm. i know they send me pictures yeah <laughs> you know,
1: the, i I, the- I take pictures of jd when yeah, he doesn't exactly. stand for the anthem
0: exactly yeah yeah, yeah. historic <laughs> <laughs> <which>. yeah um <laughs> but the the like the Rogers ring press box is very small compared to just about every other place. I would say Carolina's is comparable. Um, anyway, behind all that, there's a bunch of like, there's snacks. There's like a snack station. Nice. And I get up and I'm like, I, I, I just exasperated. I, I what, the hell, what the hell am I going to write this time? Oh man. And, and who pops out behind, but shorty. And he looks at me and I look at him and I just go this. Oh, and he just goes, man, <laughs> I learned a long time ago. You just deal with one of these. You know, you literally just wipe clean every game. You call what you see, and then you move on. And I'm like, you don't have to write about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs)
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. He doesn't have to talk about what happened. You just describe what's happening as it's happening, and then that's it. Like he can do that. Dan can do that to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, it's different when you have
1: to. uh, Yeah, talk about it or
0: write about it after the fact. Yeah, I have to think about this and ask them questions. And you know, I mean, you know, anyway, like. And then, you know, I mean, first of all, you know, obviously there was the, 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 the the Gino story, which, you know, hit me like a shock and, and, and I'm quite proud of the story I pulled together and um quite quickly and all these things and then a bunch of you know there's a few things happening and then they won and ethan bear scored and yeah you know, like there was this which whole, is cool uh, yeah it's cool it's romantic, and it yeah. was very it actually pulled me in a direction that was a bit like what shorty was saying was like you know you just move on like it's just you can't linger on it and and that was what it was there was a thing there and i didn't and that that you know in the end you know the the moment was there and it was good and it was great and then moved on to the next <laughs> and you know things just career, continued to unravel and um, I mean I think you know I, in the end the Canucks made I mean they what, made five trades in the week and was it five trades on the week I can't even remember that six trades right? Yeah. you know and they traded in more like all, uh, they turned the team they, t- they did turn a lot of the team over mm-hmm. you know they took their team photo today for obvious reasons because the photo they <laughs> would have taken the beginning of the season isn't terribly accurate anymore um, yeah. you know so f- f- from that standpoint like there's there's lots there um you know and the, like i mean i have to sit back and you know i say well there's two things here i mean i perhaps selfishly but you know i go okay it does make them better and next year they really should be a playoff team and if they aren't well yeah here we are here we go again that's always and- <clears> the
1: refreshing <throat> thing right is that it is it is nice when you on the couple of occasions in the last like 10 years where you felt like you could pin them down on something, I'd be like, okay, yeah. well, yeah, you yeah. know.
0: And you know what, at the end of the day, like, I mean, I have said this and like, you know, we were talking about it certainly in the fall and anytime it we was on like Sakaris and and, like, and, and you know, I, I you know, i have say like, okay, it's put up or shut up time. Well, they put up like, like they're actually, yep. you know, <laughs> you, you can, you can certainly argue with the strategy and the approach, but, you know what like at the end of the day there is there was a coherent push at least this time as opposed to you know i I do think that is something we do get a bit lost like i'm not i can understand why people are fed up and they just want to you know they want to see the most dramatic shift possible Mm -hmm. but i will say like you know there is actually a coherent like plan this time um the Benning era there was no there was literally it was the no plan plan it was just throwing stuff against the wall now there is an element of that but there is at least this time around some calculation to it yeah now, it's, we'll... it's a
1: coherent bad plan it's, as opposed <laughs> sure. to just a non-existent plan sure. yeah sure <laughs> yeah. It
0: will, you know and we'll see what happens this summer and whether they do some other dumb things um you know and or do they somehow actually end up trading JT Miller I don't think they will I think they've kind of come I mean I you know I love I do appreciate the people who point out said, "Okay, he's playing well again. We can't possibly trade him now." <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: um, it
1: does feel like that's what they're like. But <laughs> I don't know. You know I would but, love to see know. those
0: people's stock advice. It's like oh. yeah. it's it's very much. It's the going opposite. back
1: up. You have to hold. Yeah, I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think. I mean, let's see. And I am not. I mean, I'm, I it's been plenty well reported, but I am definitely here to tell you that the reporting that says they were trying to do something beyond, you know, that the, 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 the mass and machinations that were going on, um, were correct. They were certainly looking to bring something in. Like there was a Miller move that was potentially there and then they needed to, but they needed to do something concurrent to that. Um, and like, you know, you're like, okay, well, that's ambitious. Like, good for you guys. At least you're thinking big. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that was the thing that when I saw the Roenick trade, and it was where Woodley and we looked at each other, and we we're just like, there's something missing. Like, why are yeah. they doing this? And, and certainly, yeah. Like at the end of the day, what I've heard, and I think I've said this elsewhere, was that they had a few things in the fire that they thought was going to, that they thought was going to kind of make, make it all make a bit more sense
1: yeah um, okay. you know i mean
0: like i said you can still quibble with the fact that like well the yeah. worst thing... I, they they moved their first rounder and that's and without like in the end doing anything next to
1: it or protecting too... it either which is like you know it's looking like that probably won't matter but man if it does that could be uh, real funny like, yeah <laughs> but the thing it... that i was that like struck me about the chronic trade was that in the absence of doing anything else, how strange
0: it seems, because well, that's
1: it, it, it yeah. seems like step six, it seems like jumping to step six without <laughs> completing steps one to five first. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know,
0: and, and that's what I think. And that's what, I mean, in the end, that's what we, that's what you assess it on. Right. Like yeah. in the end, they traded, they, they, they spent a huge amount of draft capital to bring in a defenseman who a is injured. And, <laughs> yeah. and B, you know, <sighs> is going to get very expensive very soon. Now, the task is to be a playoff team and, and that, um, you know, I, I, I certainly, I mean, this goes back. I mean, I, I, I I've been trying to square this in my head because it's, it's everyone wants the contender and they should want the contender and they should expect the contender. Cause mm-hmm. we have seen the contender. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny. I was thinking a lot about just, I haven't, you guys are smarter than I am. We'll see if we can figure this out. So I've been looking at the Toronto, like look at the Toronto Tampa series. Those those are two incredible teams. And they've spent so much time building these teams and one of them's going to lose. And, 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 you know, what are we, (laughs) people are going to draw conclusions from that. And I, I, and unfortunately there people are going to draw conclusions. It's not worth trying. And at a certain level, I can kind of get it because it's like, you could, probably have a really good team that's probably not going to win the Stanley Cup but certainly is going to be in the mix for a few years and that's pretty fun and fans want that fans just want to have fun and I kind of I I think a lot about that in looking at this team and I think you know that that is a in many ways the lesson that I I still haven't quite figured out what the lesson totally is and how we apply that to the Benning era because the Benning era had no plan they certainly sure. were yeah. gunning for uh-huh. playoffs. Occasionally, they'd say Stanley Cup. But really, the plan was to play playoff games. And it is it is a difficult league even to do that now. Like, there's, you yeah. know, half the teams don't make the playoffs. So, you know, I, I've been – I still haven't really kind of come to a conclusion of how I really feel about all this anymore. Um, But, yes, it would be way more fun to watch a contending team. <laughs> yeah. Like, you sit there and I go yeah, in yeah. Winnipeg. You know, think about that road trip I was on. I was in Winnipeg, a team that's like really very good. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, obviously, you look up at the banners and you you know what this team has been. Uh Tampa, like incredible. Florida, give me a break. And then Carolina, like, you know, there's a there's a great example of an organization that's has, you know, let's be honest, a pretty involved owner. Yeah. But an owner who lets his people work.
1: Now see and and I think that's that, what
0: we're at. I'm like, I'm curious to yeah. see what's happening and if these guys are any good, if they're being let to work, and if they're actually any good.
1: And see, it's, it's mm. you, like you bring up Carolina, and it, it's f- interesting. Like people have different ideas about what teams should be trying to do. And something that that uh, I remember when when I had Michael on, like during the, uh, it was like right around the 2020 Cup final, Stars and uh, and Lightning. I, I believe was the one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we, we talked about that, like how, how there's what people think teams should be doing. And then there's what teams are actually doing. And then there's like what teams think they're actually doing. Right. And, and one thing that can get kind of weird is that you assume that every team is trying to win the Stanley cup. And that's not true. Like, it, right. it's just not yes. like, um and that's weird and you know you can that's like a whole discussion in and of itself but i I think like i have time for different interpretations of like what it means to like be a good franchise and be a competitive Mm -hmm. uh team or whatever and like some people like drance i would use as an example like drance would advocate taking the the like going the nuclear option when you're a good team and, and going all in, push all your chips into a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like I know he would do that. Now, of course he would not do that about like the Vancouver Canucks. Cause they're not close, but Boston, you know, he's been talking about Boston yeah, and absolutely. I mean, they are the best example of a team that should do that based on where they're at. But like, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with, with rather than trying to be like a team that, that pushes all their chips in right at the right time or whatever, trying instead to be like a Carolina Or Mm -hmm. a uh, the team that I could maybe I maybe think of that is the best example from like my lifetime, like the early aughts to mid teens, like San Jose Sharks, where Mm -hmm. it's just like the goal is to just be in the mix year after year after year after year after year year for as long as possible. Um, Hmm. I don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with. Being the team that pushes all the chips in. I don't have a problem with being the team that is like we are going to suck for a very long time, but it's gonna be worth it at the end. I, I, I feel like the Canucks have have figured out a way to just maximize pain. Uh yeah. for me specifically, in terms of just doing all like just doing getting just enough good pieces to just have it be so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I was going with that necessarily. No, I know just... you're trying,
0: you're it's, it's part of this thought experiment that I'm trying to figure out here. Yeah, right? Cause like, you know, like there are teams to consider in exactly all these terms, right? Like I think San Jose was trying to win the Stanley cup. Like, yeah, that's true. Who's a little bit yeah. older than you and just sort of remembers what they were yeah. trying to do. Like, <clears throat> you know, they traded for Joe Thornton with purpose, right? Like yeah, it, that's that was true. a really yeah. good team and they couldn't, quite ever get it done because it's hard and I, in many ways in many ways they, they were sort of like every I, there are a lot of teams over the eras and this is, this might actually be an interesting thing to like put together mm-hmm. but like you know just off the top of my head like you can think about like I mean the St. Louis Blues made the playoffs forever partly yeah. because the division sucked partly because everybody we made the playoffs in the old NHL, but they were also just really good for a really long time. And they were never quite there, you know, like yeah. that team, like there's that, there's that Steve Eiserman clip that I, I mean, I haven't seen in a while, but you see it thrown around playoffs all the time. of Eiserman taking the slap shot from just inside the blue line and picking the top corner. Yeah. yeah. Overground. Like, like I mean. that blues team was really good. And it never went anywhere. Like they just—they, I think they made the conference finals once or twice. You know, like they just never went anywhere because (laughs) they were also stuck in the same conference as the Red Wings and the Avalanche. And like, Mm. you know, it was just—it was incredibly tough. It was really tough to get to the pinnacle, especially in that era. Um, But you know, on the Canucks, on a certain level, the early '90 Canucks, like, like the '92-'93 team was really, really good. Yeah, better than '94, right? I mean, probably, probably is a two-way unit yeah yeah, like as a two-way but like they fizzled you know the 94 team like I think a lot about that I was funny I was thinking about the 94 team earlier today just trying to think about like I mean I was taking notes I've got a I've got some ideas I've got a book idea like a history of the Canucks that I've been thinking about but like it's a massive concept anyway but what you know, i was just writing notes down things what are things I would need to tackle and I would need to understand I do we understand 94 like why how do they get that close how did they, you know, they weren't, in a, they won 40 games or something. They were 500, but they lost 40 games, you know? And it was just like trying to understand that team because they were so close. They were there. They, they rejigged things. You know, it was a, it was a different era of roster building. Like Yuri Slager played 80 games that year and then didn't play in the playoffs. Like what? <laughs> like, how does that yeah, even happen? Yeah. But, yeah. but that's how it used to be. And anyway, the, the point being is that that was a team that was trying to win the Stanley Cup. The St. Louis Blues were trying to win the Stanley Cup. San Jose Sharks like there are clearly teams that take shots like the 2011 I mean we yeah. know. Well yeah. yeah,
1: they were definitely trying,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then they had a couple other cracks at it and it didn't work and then that's I mean we we are forever in the moment where essentially that the uh, that that you know that ownership decides you know who the coach is going to be but that's what and, I, mean, I mean though
1: is it's it's so much better to be the st louis blues yeah. who are just like well we make the playoffs every year at least than whatever this is or yeah has and been that's what I, for the yeah. last you know 10 and, years or whatever
0: and that's sort of in a certain level that's what i've been mulling over like we'll see what these guys do you know, can they actually put it together next year? Yeah. You know, they look at Pedersen, the way he's playing, they look at the way he, I mean, Hughes has been, had a really good year. He's getting, you know, like it's insane how good his year And
1: is. that's where I can almost convince myself that maybe there could be something to this.
0: I, well, I would say there is. Yeah. I think there's something to them being a playoff team. I absolutely think there is. Yeah. Like,
1: But, but the question
0: becomes, the question becomes, I mean, in the end, they could be a contender, but they're stuck with two contracts that I just, you know, that they're, I I just, I don't know what they're going to do. Like I, yeah I, I, you know, sure. They could buy out OEL. You could absolutely do that. But like, you're just like, they're just literally getting out of dead money. like If they buy
1: out OEL, the year that they have to pay Pedersen, they'll still have like a 4.1 cap hit. Yeah. From Although that's the it's, that's contract. the
0: first of the two years where it bumps up. Like, yeah, that's exactly. the thing. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's just like it's such there, a, like there's three groups of people:
3: is the, the owners and management, there's you guys as journalists, and then there's people like us, just dipshit fans. Yes. And we talk all the time, and we we, we yell about these uh, these contractual time bombs that are they're going to be developing that we see as huge hazards towards building a proper team. But for me, from my best perspective. I feel like I see none of that reflected in how this team makes decisions. Mm. And that puzzles the hell out of me because it it feels like, uh, it, it feels like we're the crazy ones because we are so hung up on, on this part of the discussion of team construction. And then mm. we see management go one completely other way. Um, and one thing I get really curious about when we have journalists on is like, what, what are the senses you get from, for management. I mean, I don't know. I, I know you have more access than us, but sometimes, uh, I mean, and what, yet, going back to the question you had before you said, do you think they'll, you're talking about, are the owners going to let management actually get to work? Why do you, like, do you think there it's going to be any different underneath this management? And has it been any different? Like,
0: sorry, well, questions in there you basically asking me to show show my work right like, <laughs> why, why? no <laughs> which is fine yeah no, no, that's fine i think you have to look at the clues right um you know there's there's a lot of things there's a lot of things to be skeptical about right and these are the mm-hmm. things that i'm that 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 you know, you should find yourself that, like I said, this is what I mean is worth watching. Okay. So they've thrown, they threw a bunch of darts, right? Like they brought in Kravtsov. They've, they've um, you know, they're, they're getting Ronek, right? Like they're doing things like they're getting Ronek because, the, the, you know, they're rightly pretty sure he's going to be pretty good and pretty good. A component for this team. They trade for a guy like Vitali Kravtsov because they think he needs a chance and that he's going to be something. Um,
1: for like the th- lowest possible cost too.
0: Yeah, like they're making, they are making bets, you know, like to their credit, they turned Riley Stillman into something, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was a weird, the process was weird at the beginning, but then they, they, you know, like I talked, like Sharon and I talk a lot about this stuff and he's like, they traded for a guy that they believed if it didn't work out would still have value in some way to some team because teams want, there is still enough to this guy has played in the NHL like it's 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 kind of stupid logic but like but but there and it's hard it is kind of it's a very nuanced sort of thing to explain because guys at that end of the roster like you may not have like like buffalo i didn't actually go and look but buffalo needed some defensemen right like the guys that they had in the minors just may simply not have been up to like even riley stillman's snuff you know sure. and, mm-hmm. and and so huh. there is a kind of there's a bit of a sort of planning ahead game that you need to play there but then like i said they do turn around and did they have to make the run or trade if they weren't going to make this mm-hmm. i don't know i don't you know, if it were me, I would have held on to the first rounder and that way, you know, potentially had two 19 year olds joining your roster next year. Yeah. Right. Um, that's how that is still how I would done it. But I get I do get the desire to add a defenseman like that. I Like I said, I mean, I asked LV and I said, why now? Like this is when it's the most expensive. Um, and he said, well, you know, I mean, he said, well, we didn't think he'd be available. We weren't sure if he was going to be available later. And you're like, all right, I guess. But like, you know, so that's one of those ones where you're like, okay, you know, are they, you know, what are they trying to do here? Um, yeah. You know, Especially like, because it,
1: the, the message Is it coherent? You know. Changes too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the what, one thing that has deeply frustrated me is, is people um, kind of being like, well, you know, they said, and it's like, they've said everything. Yeah, they've said everything. Literally, even even the rebuild thing, like I know they haven't really said that, but mm-hmm. even when the even people who point out, like, well, they never said they were rebuilding. Jim Rutherford kind of said they were rebuilding. Like he did kind of say that. He didn't come out and well, say we are rebuilding, yeah. but he said, Isn't that what we're
0: doing? Basically, and, like and if you have any sense, you know not to pay attention to what they say. Exactly. But you pay attention mm-hmm. to what they yeah. do. Yeah. And yeah. the reason why people thought they were rebuilding was because if you looked at the structure of the Horvat trade, which was a really smart trade, yep. they traded for a guy that, I mean, I think, you know, if, if they really were going for for a rebuild, they would have traded both Elias last week, right? Because sure. the guy's on a heater, yeah. right? But yeah. he's still, you know, they're going to keep him around. They're curious to see what he's going to be. But, you know, if they're aggressive in their, all this, they'll still move them next year because they're probably I mean, we'll see what happens with the roster we'll see what they
1: happens have moved guys on expiring contracts yeah traditionally like, so
0: we'll see what happens but you know we'll see what happens with fester we'll see what happens with garland all these things that add up but anyway like they they added like they another back in Ratu who like you know i mean it's mm-hmm. very interesting there's people who are extremely down on him and people who are extremely high on him mm-hmm. so we'll see we'll see if anybody's right but like And then they got the first rounder and you're like, okay, like this was a, you know, the way they did the deal was sort of a serving all purposes. And it was in line with what I, you know, I I still think they really think they could do, which is, which is, you know, basically do what Benning claimed he was doing, but never did, which is, (laughs) which is bring in better players, make some bets. And along the way, you know, find enough to really properly restock your your um, prospect
3: pool which is we, possible we really to are, do.
0: Yeah, we I'm, really
3: are just uh, going through PTSD from 8 years of 8 years of betting and we're we're seeing something that rhymes with that and immediately being like we can't do that. Yeah, and, and I get it and that's right. it and, and I
0: totally get it and I and I like you know I mean it, that is a thing that I would say that has struck me and I and maybe we shouldn't be surprised by this because inherently when you hire a new management team they're not from here they don't they aren't mm-hmm. familiar yeah. with ness you know yeah. and yeah. and the sort of the context is totally lost on them and you know i this is one of those ones i i don't know the answer to this have they come to for better grips with how people feel and why people feel and why people react the way they do they're not because mm-hmm. they're, the fans are idiots it's because the fans have been beaten up for 8 years Like things didn't work over Mm -hmm. and over and over and only got worse and over. And there's just this complete, you know, other, you know, there's a reality distortion field that, that management seemed to be running that that ownership certainly was running and that it was just, it was nuts. Now I think this team is, is better poised to be the team that, you know, that Benning thought he had. (laughs) Um, But, but in the end, you know, there's, there is also, the think, the reality that people do lose track of in all of this, which is that, like, it was a huge mess. <laughs> like, the roster was a disaster. There are no prospects, you know? Like, there's nobody coming yeah. through. So, you know, the, the at the end of the day, like, to me, sitting back and going back to VS's question a little bit, it's like, I give them credit for trying, you know? Yeah. Like... Mm -hmm. Like they're trying, they're, they're trying to fix their course. Like that, they're trying to build the, like the ship is literally about to hit the rocks and they're trying to keep the ship from sinking. And then actually like, Hey, here's your master and commander analogy. They're trying to put new (laughs) sails, Right.
1: There we go. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I think that's, you know, it is, in many ways it is that, and you know, I mean, I don't know how else to bring it out. It's, it's, It's funny. Like pet bugs posted about, Jim, the drafter, the other day. Oh yeah. And you know what's wild is if you look at, is it twenty, is it the twenty nineteen draft? Five guys have now played. Or is it twenty seventeen? When's Jonah Gadjevich?
1: Uh. Whichever. Jonah draft was twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So five guys. Yeah. From that draft list. That's so that's brackets first. Um, that's brackets first. I'm just bringing it up here. It's Patterson, it's brackets, Lind, yeah. Gadjevich. Yeah. So I five guys. Else, five yeah. guys made the NHL. Right mm-hmm. now, Rathbone is probably not. Gajovic, I think, has turned himself into a fourth liner, and I think yeah, he so a too. decent little career. So now you have two guys. You're gonna, you know, I mean, he's still got to play a hundred some games to be the two hundred games to be a successful pick. But two guys is supposed to be a successful draft. But you look at like Rathbone, you look at Lind, um, and you find yourself I mean, even Di Pietro, like. Mm-hmm. That is the failure of the Benning era was that for all the talk of draft and develop, they didn't. And, you know, you, you come back to it at the end of the day, what if Trent Cole hadn't been the coach in Utica? Like, what sure. if they'd had somebody yeah. else? What if they had Jeremy? Like, the reviews on Jeremy Colton sound pretty good. Like, we'll see if anything comes out of this. But, like, you know, this is a conversation I had. Like, Alvin, Alvin mentioned, I don't know, a month ago something about how happy they are with the culture that's developed in Abbotsford. And sure. I've made a point now of asking all the guys that have been called up, what's that about and mm. Guillaume, Guillaume Briseau who's turned into a very fascinating <laughs> ca- character yeah. in all this um he and I had a really nice chat I don't know last week um I wrote about him today I mean we had a couple different ones but I wrote about him today in fact he wasn't yet sitting at his new roster stall he is now sitting in Lucien's r- roster stall by the way <laughs> um, but his old one was across the way it was just the brand it was one of the random ones that kind of gets churned through by call-ups through the air and I just asked him I said you know why is it so good and he said because it's a bunch of young guys he's like and i feel old i'm 25 and i feel old but it's just guy. but it's also there's a lot of character there there's guys who are there to like they're in it to win it they're still young enough that they're also not like jaded at the whole thing Mm. um you know and and, and, yeah and so you're like okay i mean we'll see if any of it pans out but certainly the attitude is right there and he says chase waters is an amazing captain and it's not that he's he's a rah 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 he's just a tone setter and and you know in 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 that in that way that um is very elusive and you know so there's things like that that you're like okay they're actually kind of getting it now because like to be honest Utica was a forgotten enterprise like like under betting like he never went there he didn't know he didn't he never knew their schedule really um, bad
1: the, the utica thing was really bad it like was I, you know and, and people
0: rag on them and i feel bad like i mean maybe Trent Cole needed just needed some help like i don't know yeah people no I, I
1: i'm willing to say that it wasn't necessarily like entirely his fault i also think like if you're not clear with your ahl coach what you want out of them yeah and then they coach in a way that they think is going to get them the most wins so they can eventually get a promotion to the NHL. You can't really be mad if you didn't tell them what you wanted. Like that's, that's a thing that gets fucked up with, with, with incentives with AHL coaches is that like, they're not always aligned with the organization. Like if I was an AHL coach and nobody told me, nobody from the organization told me what they wanted, I would play the, the, the shit off of uh the my Your my twenty nine year olds, Your yeah, old guys, yeah, exactly, like my old guys, yeah. and and yeah. so and I would be yeah. like, yeah, Jonathan Dolan, you know, doesn't backtrack or whatever, so fuck him, I'm not gonna play him, yeah. like, yeah. and and yeah. and I think, and so that isn't me saying, therefore Trent called,
0: it's fine or whatever. It's
1: just yeah. like it 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 goes to show you that there's so many things broken there that you can't even point to one person really as being the problem.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, I, I tried to make a point of it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, last, I don't know, well, it's his last January, last year and Bruce Boudreaux, I asked him something because Abbott had a COVID outbreak. I mean, everybody had COVID after sure. Christmas, right. But Abbott had yeah. a really COVID outbreak that they were very careful talking about. Um, but that I essentially was like, Oh, wow. Cause you know, it's those guys are, they're just young guys and there's not, you know, in the end you are in the minors and there's mm-hmm. just not a lot of resources and all this stuff. And it sucked. Um, and, you know, and, um, I asked Bruce a little bit about it. And, and I, you know, I sort of said, does you know, how much does it worry you given every, you know, I, I can't remember what it was, which sort of the organizational, the, the challenge to the organizational depth, not just to the team's depth, like the NHL team's depth. And he had this long chat because he isn't, you know, he he's an AHL guy. Like he was a minor league coach forever and his son's coaching in the minors. And he, he had a long, very, you know, engaged commentary about how important that, you know, the AHL team is and how you know he wants to really like, you know, understand what's happening there because he was still new and all these things and i i i ended up having a chat with ryan johnson um about it and i, I made the i mentioned it to him
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he said that's refreshing <laughs> wow which wow. you know i at the time i think people it maybe flew over his head but i was just like you know he just it was he didn't want to throw any you know he he was very professional his an answer but he still said it and i thought about it And I checked around and they're like, oh no, that's, he, you know, in the end, I think people would tell you that he dealt with a lot. Like he had, he did a, you know, especially in the, in the, in 2020, 21, when they had the taxi squad and uh, Utica basically running on its own. Mm -hmm. And it was a half, half operation with St. Louis Oh God! uh, basically, you know, I mean, it was just a gong show and you know, the stuff he tried to, you know, he, was having to do and like I mean I'm trying to remember there was there were some issues that went on behind the scenes I think Utica actually had a bad COVID outbreak that didn't really because there was no AHL like there were no there's no protocol in the AHL that season yeah (laughs)
1: yeah that's not surprising we don't need to go into why
0: (laughs) yeah but you know yeah exactly so anyway but it was just you know and like he's he was he I mean at one point he said I have well we're having to make our own protocol like we don't, yeah. we're, we're, we doing, what we can like the Vancouver we're, we're isolated. Cause you know, he couldn't go across the border. Like he was mm-hmm. there doing this all by himself. You know, he was basically trying to figure out what he could asking, you know, the essentially the team doctors were in Vancouver uh, you know, how should we be doing this? You know, and obviously there was all these things, but he's just like, you know, there's practical challenges. It's a minor league team guys live together like blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Nobody has any money, you know, per diem and all these things. Mm-hmm. And and um, yeah, so you know there was just the 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 sort of totality of challenges that sort of emerged over the years and the lack of uh, sort of cohesion. I, speak, I think I would say especially in more recent years um, from the top. Yeah, so you know you kind of but like I said like that that goes back and that's partly why in the end again to go to the question about what what is sort of what's my what, why do I think these things is that you know there's at least the right kind of noises coming yeah. from mm. the outskirt, right? Like, I'm still not convinced that, you know, there's much out there because there isn't, there never is, right? Like, is Danila Klumovich actually going to join the NHL? I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not. Probably not. Should they yeah. have picked Logan Stankoven? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, but like, um, Alina's you know, Carlson, maybe might be a thing. Like, I think, you know, I think there's still an outside chance of trust Nielsen. I think somebody. I think Cody's really high on RHD Baines. The way his two game way or two way game is. They
1: have a lot of guys who could give them games. They have a lot of guys who could yeah. be cheap depth. I just don't think they have anyone in there right now.
0: No, and that's who's... an organizational challenge. Like that's the reality. Yeah. But they've done a decent job of finding guys that are that are going to at least up front. Like there's still no mm-hmm. defenseman. Right, yeah. like Wallanen. Will Will is is twenty eight years old. He's about to turn twenty eight. You know, and like yeah. like that's not your de- that's not your defense. And it like reminds Ralf-
1: me a yeah. lot of um, who was the other? Maybe maybe he was Swedish or maybe he was Swiss guy Fantenberg, Oscar Fantenberg. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it was yeah. like remember when he seemed good for a minute? <laughs> you know, it never like, was. There's just so many of these guys, and I'm not <laughs> saying like like Christian Wallanen might be a perfectly fine like number six defenseman that's i'm, I'm sure. not like sometimes people sometimes guys do just become that at 27 mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. they just didn't get a shot to be it in, yeah in the nhl or whatever but yeah it, it is so like at, at at some point you have to really like give your head a shake and be like okay let's be realistic here yeah. <laughs> what what is yeah. you know what when you you know you it's like you said with with Danila Klimovich or whatever. Like, there's certain guys that you can look at and just be like, "Look, that's probably not an NHL player, realistically."
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean the the thing with Klimovich, at least he's still nineteen. You know, sure. like
1: yeah, that's true. Know, which I mean, he's still, he's still you know. so young. Yeah,
0: and like there was just last year was so much of like just fundamentals from what I can gather. You know, because he was like they drafted him from Belarus. Yeah, like,
1: 18-year-old Belarusian playing in the like, AHL you who, know, who isn't, like, an all-world talent like William No,
0: who's got a lot of interesting <laughs> things to him, you know. Yeah. they, You know, which was why he was, a, you know, he was definitely going to get drafted. Yeah. But, like, he should have been drafted the slot they drafted. Him, and That was the classic Benning blunder, which he's got too excited about seeing him once, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's – so anyway, you know – Utica's been a, or sorry, not Utica, Abbotsford's like <laughs> yeah. that, that is kind of, I mean, it's an interesting story. It's a story to watch. It's not, it's not a story to, to you know, as the panel, any Hawking and Canada panel at least used to love doing. So, like, hey, watch out for these Canucks. Yeah. They're building something. there. like, are they? They're just, no. <laughs> like, no. what are you talking yeah. <laughs> about? Yeah. <laughs> Don't jump to the conclusion. Just say, that's interesting.
1: Like, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. Let's, we'll keep an eye on that. Let's see I what get, happens.
0: And I get why, if your cynical response is that, like, no, it never works out, which is, I mean, if you're a Canucks observer fan, whatever, like, I mean, it's like 2011, right? They're up to nothing. And at least one of us in this conversation today thought maybe they're actually going to do it. Yeah. But you're wiring, oh, yeah. you're wiring as a Canucks fan or whatever is like, no, they're never going to win. They don't win. Nothing good ever happens. They get close <laughs> and then it's just depressing. Yeah. You know, Dan Clouchet lets the puck go in over his fucking shoulder. The like,
2: only reason anyone thought that was going to happen was because of uh, Chicago. Yeah. If right. Chicago doesn't push out yeah. a seven and the Burroughs doesn't win it in OT, the, no one thinks the Canucks are winning it in 2011.
1: It's true. that, that the, the, the feeling like we, that we've we gone uh, over our adversity. And exactly and the, the feeling we have that done the redemption arc they'll do it is always Easy has cruise to be, down the mountain it has you know. to be preceded by something that that feels and and this is something that i i actually haven't really had like a, a chance to talk about on the show before and i don't want to like spend too long on it because it's a fucking 13 year old story or whatever but oh my like God, yeah, beating sorry, the beating the chicago blackhawks the thing about that is that like That team was so good and the Canucks had struggled against them so many times that that felt like a not quite a Stanley Cup level achievement, but like its own huge achievement that they finally got over that mountain, right? I I, I really wish
3: that series happened in the third round, not the first round. Because yeah. it is depressing to think the best memory from that Cup run
0: was in the first round. It's true,
1: yeah. I don't. I, I don't, when it went I don't know if you guys could
0: have handled that in the third round. Like that would have been so. That's tense. probably true. Yeah. It was so <laughs> exhausting. I couldn't you handle. Really... I couldn't
1: handle it in the first round. <laughs>
0: It was so, but because they were the best team in the, in the league, right? Like they were far and away the best team in the league. And then of course, Malholter gets hurt and there's all always, like, oh, oh, God, oh, you know, like you're a bit nervous and they go in and they're like, okay. And they race out to that, you know, what it was it? Three, one lead or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. And then they're like, oh God, they're going to blow it. Oh God, they're going to blow it. Oh God, they're going to blow it. And then like, like Jonathan Taves hit the post. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we yeah. forget about yeah. this. <laughs> you couldn't have, no, it would have been, no, you didn't want it in the third round. You wanted it. It's the bandaid. You rip it right off like it out, you know yeah you're it's wrong. True.
1: yeah the real most important post in canucks history eat your heart out nathan Lafayette. yeah um, exactly but uh okay i i want to i i kind of i will return to this because because uh, there's something that i wanted to there's a parallel i want to draw here in a moment but i i wanted to ask you one thing mostly just because i want to discuss it in general but i do want your take on it which is like this is one of those trades that i think is like whether they want to frame it this way or not, like this is an expectation setting trade. Like this is a direction defining yeah. trade. And I talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but like, what do they have to do now to justify this? Because right. I'm sure by their definition, it's make the playoffs next year. Do, do the 2020 bubble thing again. Like that's probably good enough for them just sure. that's the impression I get anyways in terms of what the organizational philosophy and et cetera is. But like realistically what has to come after this to justify trading an, uh a, not even potentially like trading a, an unprotected first round pick for uh, a, a guy who might not even be on your first pair. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. How good I mean, do they have to be? <laughs> well, I mean the, the I like how you frame that because you you look at the Miller trade, right? Like what did that to justify the trade what had to happen? I mean that's that shouldn't be how you justify your trades anyway, but what no. had to happen? So mm-hmm. they had to make the playoffs. And of yeah. course, you know, there is all the caveats with that season, but they made the playoffs, they won a round, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it 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 was certainly worthwhile, and certainly they played well enough that the pick ended up being late enough. That it was like, okay, well, you know, I mean, it is one of those ones. A late first is kind of a second-round pick. Yeah. Like, the logic there, I don't, you know, I, I think, I do think we need to start framing things a bit more correctly. You know, this was the hard thing about uh, moving out the, the, the pick for Ronak, was if you if you look at, like, look at the 2020 draft. Do you guys know how many... Players from the top twenty in the twenty twenty draft have not played in the NHL. I don't. I
1: wouldn't be. Sur- I wouldn't be surprised it's either very way. Very few. Yeah, it's
0: two, and they're wow. Russian.
1: Wow, that's wild. <laughs> actually, that is way wow. Bl- bl- so that's like, that's less than a tough than one, right? Like that's yeah.
0: a tough one. Yeah, and that's like that's the thing, and that's and it's not. So you're not, you know, realistically, if we you know say the Canucks had picked twice this summer, I mean, it's tough to say because of what's happening with the islanders right but like mm. just say yeah. they pick twice this summer your first pick probably going to be a defenseman like they need a defenseman they need a young blue-chip defenseman. They're probably going to get it, whatever. Kind of,
1: kind of depends on what ends up happening in the lottery and where they pick. But yeah, yeah.
0: Sure. But realistically, yeah, I think that's what you got to be looking for. I would say because...
1: realistically, one of those picks is a defenseman. Yeah, Whether but I'm yeah, sorry. First sure. one is yeah. Sure. Yeah.
0: I think the probability is that you're going to get a better defenseman with the first pick. But you're absolutely right. Sure. So you're coming out of that with a defenseman, and defensemen like nineteen are usually already pretty good and they're yeah. only going to get better mm-hmm. and and then you're getting a, probably a forward right yeah. like two guys that are coming in you're getting Bohorvat, and you're getting sergachev like i don't know right sure. like yeah like those are the qualities of players that you're getting yeah <laughs> potentially and those guys are pretty close to what philip ronick is and that that and then you'll know, then your second round pick which you know could be, you know, the next Niels Hoagland. Your second is not necessarily going to make well, it by the way. Something up, but...
1: that I pointed out and that I think bears pointing out again is that the pick that the second round pick that the Canucks traded in the Good Branson trade Kronick was on the board when that pick was made right. and would have been yeah. a perfectly reasonable pick to make at yeah. 34th overall or whatever it was. Right, Like, so and i I mean, I realized that that's kind of that's a game you can play with almost any pick, sure, but like the the reality is they they traded for Hronik now because they weren't patient enough to draft them five years ago, right or
0: whatever. yeah, 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 I, yeah, so to go back to the original question, what do they have to do I mean obviously they have to make the playoffs sure. I think Roik Rund- 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 has to be more than we expect him to be, which is just essentially uh, number three, you know, yeah. or anchors. I mean, I, I think I, I, I kind of envision the way I envision this playing out. I don't think he'll play with Hughes, but I think what he ends up being. Is no,
1: Dam- have, Damon Severson's going to play with
0: Hughes. Exactly. Yeah. But, but you end up with essentially, you know, you go kind of wild, Minnesota wild style. You have sure. two heavyweight defense pairs where, you know, basically they each play half the game. Mm-hmm. and then your five six guys are in there to kind of give the other guys a break yeah. um and if he turns out to be that guy like that's pretty good mm-hmm. like if he can hold down a pair that's the, the not hughes pair like that's pretty good um that that's getting you a long way but that's asking a lot and uh, that's also just to get us to like a baseline level of competition yeah the- absolutely right? yeah like
1: it's- my my personal barometer for this, I think I might, may have said this on Twitter. Or I may not, not have is like, for me, like it, whether it's reasonable or not, it's like ultimately sports is an emotional thing. And yeah. so I responded to this trade emotionally by basically being like, look to me, for them to justify this trade, they've got to win at least one playoff round. In each of the next three years, or like, or <laughs> you know, however you want to, three rounds in three years, three rounds in three years, um, anything less than that. And it's just like, why did you do this? Right. And I realized, however, that like saying that the Leafs haven't done that, oh. <laughs> so it's hard, yeah, it's you and know, that comes
0: back to my original thing, which is that like, mm-hmm. it's it, we want it to be it, it, we want it to be fabulous, yeah. But that's really hard, and and I and I, it's not satisfying. Like that's not a satisfying way to talk. Yo, um, no, you know, and it's it's a bit like the, it's a bit like you know. I, I mean, it's changed a little bit, but understanding what the scoring rate of a second line winger is, right? Sure. Like, yeah, Brock Besser is perfect. Like people are annoyed at Brock Besser, but Brock Besser's not going to get like fifty five points this year. Yeah, he's like, ser- totally serviceable. Yeah, He's, he's a second
1: line winger. That's just the reality, you know,
0: like, but, yeah. and that's fine. Like, yeah. that's a good player. So like, you know, like, like, you know, it used to be, it used to be, if you were half a point per game, that was very handy. You you know, if you got 40 points, you're a useful second mm-hmm. And people would be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. But you know, I mean, it, it's like, there's a, this goes way, way back. I don't even remember what year. Dello was, Della I can't remember who it was someone crazy covering the Oilers said the Oilers are going to have all these goal scorers. Like it was a zillion goals. They were going to have like nine, 20 goal scorers or something insane sure. like that. And Della was like, wait, what? And he just was like, this has never happened. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's not even possible, but let's put it aside and see what you need to do. And it was just, it was bonkers. Like it was just, it just, it, it completely misunderstood how offense happens, how often people score, you know, the, the diminishing returns the further you get down the lineup. How often
1: how much you have to play and yeah. and in what situations to score. Like you, yeah. that's yeah. a thing that people yeah. really struggle. Like like I I bring up the the like I mean JT Miller is always the guy obviously but like it, it it's like JT Miller is like the reverse example of like Brandon Sutter. Where, where it's like, so with Brandon Sutter, he had that, like, 39-point season here or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, okay, yeah, he's got 39 points, but, like, he plays top five minutes for a forward in the league. And he's yeah. only got 39 points. Yeah. And then yeah. whereas yeah. JT Miller is like, you know, he scores 99 points. And it's like, that's a very good season regardless of context. But yeah, at the yeah. same time, you look at where the offense is coming from. Like, this is a guy who leads his leads his team's forwards in ice time, leads his team's uh, forwards in PP time, um, gets a lot of assists. Like, it's not that – it's not to – like, I, I say it's not to take away from him. It is literally to take away from him. Like, it, it's literally to to be able to make the distinction between, like, how impressive it is – for um JT Miller to get uh 99 points the year he did versus how impressive it is for uh Elias Pedersen to have how many points he has wh- wh- however many it, it is right now it's it's of... more impressive for for Pedersen and there's a reason why it's more impressive but you have to break it down by yeah
0: you know understand what he section. is yeah. understand what he is right exactly like that, yeah like it's the thing we all I mean it was a, I think I still stand by it like it, the there was the point consistently made about Sutter, which was that if his name weren't Sutter, oh, yeah. no one would mind playing him on the fourth line. Yeah. You know, like he was a fourth line. And in the end of his last season, he was a fourth line center. And he, and he was pretty good. On. I mean, there were, te- you know, yeah. like As a, as a fourth line center. Yeah. You know, and and he was supposed to be the fourth line center last year, and probably you know, that might have made a difference. You know, it's one of those things it wasn't a huge deal, but he wasn't a bad penalty killer and all this, anyway. But that was that yeah. was, you know, the, the, the his problem was that Jim Fanny paid him something he never was gonna be. And and the challenge with Miller now, of course, is that what is he actually? And I I'm perhaps a little higher on him than most, sure. but he's certainly not like he's a he's a he's a complementary piece. He's not a centerpiece. And that's I would say the mistake mm-hmm. that Canucks clearly made in this in this equation. Yeah. Um it's not an indefensible decision, but it was it was it, it was it was still like a bet they didn't have to make.
1: It looks and... bad next to Bo Horvat, in my opinion. Like it it sure. looked it looks yeah. bad yeah. in terms of because I, I I've made the point before about like signing you you, there's there's the right bad contract to sign and the wrong bad contract to sign right right? and and like the the right bad contracts to sign are like I mean this maybe be isn't even like the best example but like the Sedians twin seven million dollar contracts when they're 33 or whatever right right? that you you never regret signing that overpaid overpayment or whatever Uh,
0: Right. I was going to say Alex Burroughs Like sure, yeah, Alex. That's what I had to. Yeah. The
3: the we owe you contract.
1: But like thirty three year old Ryan Kessler getting paid like seven one or whatever or whatever the fuck it was. I don't think it was that. Already broken, Ryan. Like already completely broken. Like Mm -hmm. he he got signed to a six year deal and play and played two years. Yeah. Like that will kill you. And and it's it's just one of those those things where where it's like. Look, if you're going to carve out eight plus million dollars for a guy who doesn't really fit with your competitive window, at least make it a guy who's really beloved in the market, a guy who actually plays center, a guy who's uniquely kind of suited to his j- placement, you know, to yeah, where yeah. he is and, and and what he is, like rather than a guy who, in a lot of ways, maybe feels like he's uniquely poorly suited for what they need him to be, you know? Yeah. That's just, that's what I think, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, we,
0: are we getting near the end of this? I a yeah. question
3: about a uh, non-Connect question.
1: I did too,
2: uh, but it might be One more Connect question, though, which is... Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, let's get those. So just because uh, you mentioned this as the reason you wanted to come on the show was that Riley Stillman was the Canucks NHLPA rep. This is what I
3: was This gonna is where
1: we again. all wanted to go anyways. Yep. Okay. Forgot that hey, it. It really I'm just out. the only one that thought it was a Canucks question. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks
0: for reminding me. I need to put this in my notes because I, so I have multiple requests to actually write about this. So yeah, carry on.
2: <laughs> well, so you were just I saying did. that, I don't remember the specifics of this, but you were saying that he was the PA rep once Horvat left. Yeah. And then the Canucks immediately got rid of him. Is this union busting? No. <laughs>
0: no. No, good. just bad coincidence. No, it was, yeah. I mean, I had this really excellent, I, um, yeah, you know, it's, there aren't a lot of conversations with the PA guy. Like generally the last few years has not been a big deal. Sure. Uh, um, Bo was pretty involved in these things. Like he had become I mean, he hadn't talked a lot about sort of social justice issues this year, but certainly it had been something that he was talking about. He had talked a fair bit about the past, had written a couple of stories. Like we had a long conversation. Mm-hmm. I want to say at the beginning of last year. Because oh, I would have been the like, beginning of last year, because I actually talked to him in person. Um, just ahead of Orange Shirt Day and just talking about like in you know, indigenous issues. And just, you know, him saying, Listen, like I didn't know. Like I just didn't know. I'm a white guy who grew up in Southern yeah. Ontario. Like, you know, and I think for us who grew up out here, where Indigenous stuff, I think this has always been a little more in front of us, just because of the yeah. nature of the province and how, how you know, colonialism unfolded here.
1: I live, I live like a walking distance from Parliament. I can't like, like the whole time I've lived here, you can't, you can't ignore it because you see, you see people there.
0: Sure. You know, right. Like
1: like, like I, I, uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you, if you live in Orangeville or whatever, you're not walking by people with signs and and people protesting like well, all all the time, you know, just as an example, but yeah. yeah.
0: And it's the visual, Mm -hmm. you know, like the, 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 you know, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's what you see. Mm -hmm. And, and, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, the, the sort of understanding of indigenous issues is so different or historically was, I mean, the racism, racism has been everywhere in this country. Like there's no doubt about that. And, and, and it, it just the sort of, but the it's nasty, but they had treaties, yeah. <laughs> like you know, they may have been abused and all that, but like there was, there was a sort of, the things were lined up in a certain way and things are meant to be. So blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the, the, so Horvat and I had talked about stuff from time to time. Away from reading. We'd have dad chats and like sure. you know, his, you know, we talked about a few things here and there. And like you know, he and I got along pretty well, um, but honestly, we hadn't actually talked. To be honest, I had ta- when I, the last time I think I talked to him about union stuff was very early on, and he was very new to it, mm-hmm. and so he didn't mm-hmm. he he didn't have a lot to say. The guy actually who had been really into it before was Eric Goodbranson.
1: That's right. And, yeah, I did know he, that.
0: Yeah. And he and I had had a couple of conversations, especially with like ahead of the, ahead of marijuana legalization Yeah, and, and talking about like CBD policy. And then the fact that, um, the fact that they were still tied in with the Olympics. Right. And so there's mm-hmm. drug testing and trying to uh, figure out yeah. if there was going to be a way to come up with a policy that, you know, that was or, or, or trying to explain to players and also like, you know the the reality of like an entire country is about to legalize marijuana and there are states in the. US where it's legal but you still can't like take it across the border like yeah I PA remember 30... Merrick talking yeah.
1: about about this uh yeah. on on 30 30 yeah. thoughts or whatever at the time like about how there were players uh who were really kind of concerned or concerned or or interested uh, or whatever about um marijuana but also cbd and its potential like healing effects yeah and i remember well, thinking at the time i wonder if that's good branson uh well i, brought, so I, ta- you he and I had,
0: yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. he and i had a we. i wrote a thing about it. i mean people want it you know i could send it over you guys tweet about it or whatever Yeah, i would send love to yeah mm-hmm. i'll find the story and i'll send it over to you like Please we talk do, a lot yeah. and 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 there was a lot of kind of things about it. i know it was quite clear that part of it was like the PA was really concerned because they know there's just going to be a dummy on every team who doesn't just doesn't pay attention, doesn't understand and might get caught at the border. And that Mm -hmm. that would look, you know, like it would look, let's get, yeah, yeah, let's get ahead of this. Like, let's make sure this just doesn't happen. So yeah. So anyway, that we had a good chat about that, but that that was still, but even that was still very early on. In fact, that might even been my first year covering the team. So it was just like, yeah. In fact, it was because I remember landing, <laughs> we were, it was there, was, there was the season opening road trip and it was the, it was the basically the same road trip I was just on. And we went to Florida um, and then the last stop was in Winnipeg and we flew to Winnipeg. And, and I remember at the kiosk, it asked me if it asked me some sort of marijuana question, but it was new and it was making it clear that like, yes, marijuana is legal, but you can't bring it in. And I was like, Oh yeah, so it was that. That's when it was, and I remember I put that yeah, story. Yeah. It was, I was all very new at it, and like, could Branson kind of recognize me? But I, anyway, but yeah. So I I asked the I asked the PA. I'm like, just out of curiosity, you no, know, has gone. Who's the new rap? And they said and they had they're they like, well, Stillman was the alternate, so you know he would be the guy now. And so I'm like, okay. And so I think maybe in the next day, like we were doing something, we were in the room like as we always are, and then I just kind of looked at C Mac and said, hey is Stillman's the PA rep? And you see Matt kind of went, well, that's a good question, actually. That's a good point. It's <laughs> <laughs> like goes in the back and comes back. And, and I'm like, I'm not really looking. I'm just curious yeah. just for my own sake. And he goes and he comes back. Yeah, yeah. Riley says, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I said, well, okay, well, I'm going to follow up with him. I don't right there because the dressing room, like, I don't even know if you guys understand how the dressing room is laid out now, but like, nope. If you ever see... So the the video board that we always do, the players where they're wearing their hats or whatever, post-game. Yeah. Um, to the players, to his left is a hallway and there's like a meal area and then... <laughs> behind us way behind us over near where Horvat used to sit and put Colson sits now that, that's what goes to the showers and then they have all their they actually get changed over that way yeah right um, yes. so you can hear what's going on you know sometimes like I don't even know there was a weird There was some weird I can't remember what it was there was a weird conversation I was like you're like what's going on <laughs> but there was some like <laughs> I think somebody dropped a plate you know like anyway <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's it's like yeah anyway but uh, yeah so Stillman uh, and I had a chat it was whenever one of the last, last time we were at UBC, I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: when uh, Demco got hurt or got a setback or whatever yes, it was, yeah. whenever that was, you know, a month ago, almost. And, uh, um, yeah, we talked a lot. He was really into it. Like he was like, no, no, like, I guess, you know, it's. <laughs> you know shop steward sucks yeah
1: for sure (laughs) sure. it
0: can be you know but that's but 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 if you're passionate about it it can actually not be a bad job and um that's effectively your job right now too right uh not really because we're not really in an association yeah i guess yeah to a degree, but it's, you know, we don't have any teeth. We don't have the kind of teeth that they do, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 fair. But, but no, and it was, it was just, you know, it was in, interesting. Like he said, no, no, when he showed up, like, um, he saw that Bo was doing a lot of stuff and asked and realized there wasn't really an alternate because Bo had been the alternate to Good Branson. Yes and right. um that he didn't have and and riley basically said yeah no i, I i'm interested i'd like to know more like I, there's a lot of issues like he knew from growing up with his dad like his dad was quite devolved um right you know yeah. pension stuff like the pension mm-hmm. is really complicated now um basically you know because they, they, the reason for the pension has changed Like in the old days was because they didn't make any money and they needed a retirement fund now it's a lot of it's more like like health benefits and stuff like that yeah. after they retire things mm-hmm. like that um mm-hmm. and also he's like those guys did a lot for us like they they sacrificed a lot um you know and so there's yeah it was like really cool like real like trade unionism trade unionism talk like discussion. Like it was really cool. So yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for reminding me. I'm gonna write that up because it was it was just insightful. I mean obviously <laughs> like I said he's gone. And now I'm gonna I will have to find out who the new rep is. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was gonna ask, but I, I we
0: don't know I, yet, I, I guess. i I'm, and I sit there thinking like who, who it could possibly be. Like I, I don't know. I don't know who's who who's really into it. Like you know JT's from an area of the world that certainly is Rust belt, right? So there would be legacy of yeah. it. But, but I, you know
1: I kind of given that he was the guy who, I guess I don't know whether it was, yeah. was elected or yeah. took it upon he himself up. to yeah. be like we can't play. Um yeah. you wonder maybe. Um, yeah, because like it's, yeah, the other I thing is it is
0: really such a new room. Like Brock, I suppose maybe. Yeah, um, a guy like Burroughs, I suppose, just because he's way down the list. Sure, yeah. and like it's very uh, yeah, it's a good one. It's interesting. Yeah, he's yeah. You're the newest kid. There you go. <laughs>
1: Yeah, longest um, tenured, uh, Canuck. Amazing.
0: It's my, I literally like <laughs> I, I went I up to. Recently. It was my favorite. I went up to. Well, there's there's it's a dual thing. So the longest tenured player mm-hmm. is Besser. Yes. Which which we had the amazing walk off uh, a couple weeks ago when yeah. I mentioned to him. I said, so how you know, six years? You're the longest tenured guy now. Is that weird? He goes, oh, I don't. He's like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> so yeah. And then, and then he's like, I don't know, what, you know, blah blah blah. And then he's like, I'm 26. is weird. And then Murr <laughs> shouts, "Well, I guess it means you're on the wrong side. You're 20s."
3: <laughs> <laughs> Brock just looks at all
0: of us. He goes, "All right, interview's over," and just walks off. Big <laughs> it was so good. He played the crowd so well. It was great. That rocks. But, uh, <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting Sorry. to find out. It'll uh, be something totally surprising. Uh,
3: a, qu- a question to to hop off from that. Uh, The reason why I was uh, I was thinking about NHLPA stuff and I forgot about the Canucks angle of it. But a guy who used to work for the who used to be a Biden department, the head, who do you could you walk us through this new guy who's NHLPA executive? What's going on
1: with with the with the NHLPA, this new guy and also the fact that I guess they didn't go with our guy, Mike. Right. (laughs) Like that was the other that was one of the other options.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, our guy Mike was one of the other options. I think, um, I think, I mean, first of all, on him, like, um, my impression is, I mean, obviously, I talked to Mike, sure, but my, you know, he lives in Oak Bay. Like, life's pretty good there, mm-hmm. you know. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think he really likes being a grandfather. Uh, you know, so which very, Mike
3: are we talking about? Um, Mike Gillis oh <laughs> very right. passionate
0: you know he's, he still cares a lot, i can't lie to you guys he still cares a lot about hockey oh yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah i think i think it was just you know if the job had been offered to him and i don't know i don't think it was i think mm-hmm. in the end the executive landed on walsh for reasons i'll explain in a second you know, it was sort of one of those ones. I think he would have had to think about, would he really want to get up every day for the next five years thinking about Gary Batman. <laughs> you know, because
3: uh, like, yeah. that's the Fair. job,
0: right? Like yeah. that really yeah. is the job. Yeah. And, you know, Mike's what, you're, 63. You're, you're now. Fighting every day. Yeah. You know, and like, so, you know, I think if, if there had been an offer, I think it would, you know, I, certainly, you know, he was in the mix. So there's no doubt about that. I never, you know, never denied that to me, but, uh, Uh, I, you know, maybe one day he'll write a book and he'll fill us in on everything.
1: I certainly (laughs) hope so. Um,
0: As for Marty, Marty Walsh is an interesting, I think he's actually interesting story. It's I somehow have been on some crazy, some person's like list, like email list. And they're sending me all these things like but He's he's not like he's a controversial figure. I mean, he's Mm. a big trade union leader. This is not unknown. He's been mayor of Boston. Um, yeah,
1: that's right. You oh, you wow. know,
0: he's a big power. Like he's been a big time power broker in that town, in a in an old line working class town. Um, Where, wait,
1: when was? Wait, hold on. When was he mayor of Boston?
0: Like ten years ago. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, no. We're gonna have to go back and do the the episode again. 20, no,
3: it is twenty fourteen to twenty twenty one. Okay. All
0: right. Oh, was it that? When he was that, he, There you go. He, that recent.
3: He was a state house. Uh, yeah, uh, he, Reps- he was. A, he, was, a, he, was a, he was a. Yeah, he was a state. Yeah,
0: he's a state right. congressman. Like, yeah, yeah. So, and he was. I can't remember who. What union he is He's not Teamsters, is he? No. No. Um, some. I, it was the I local. Way, it was the, one of the local labor. In the in Boston Herald, sure. It up, but, yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. I mean, he's. He's a. He's a big. You know, U.S. Secretary <sighs> Labor, Bernie um wow they, it just was
3: like a it came out of left i mean He came out of left, wing. Uh, out of
0: left wing. I, uh, you know i think yeah he's sorry joined, he joined the laborers union local 223 at age 21 and served the union's president from his time in the state legislature state legislature until he became mayor of boston wow wow uh he was elected secretary treasurer, treasurer and general agent of the boston metropolitan district building trades council in the fall of 2010 wild um the laborers He's big time, yeah. Labor's the laborers. Leona. oh, it's Leuna. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay. I, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I, Leuna,
3: I, which a union which I've never heard of before, and then suddenly it's on the Canucks yeah. boards
0: all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, that's an interesting one. Yeah, good point. Interesting. I've literally, never heard of it before. <laughs> oh that's man, funny. boys, let's dig into this. We're gonna find out um, <laughs> why are they all? Yeah, you're right. That's right. I hadn't. I was like, where have I been International.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that
0: you know what that it doesn't seem out of the question that there there
3: is a connection there I mean it's not I don't know how active it is in British Columbia you know I West mean I've Canada. never heard of it
1: before so
3: I've you know <laughs> I mean, who knows my time at the union mm-hmm. wasn't very long but uh, we dealt with the other unions quite often and I never i I'd never heard of that yeah uh, before so anyway, no wonder yeah. if there's a
0: deal between the PA That'd and the Canucks that would be wild um anyway yeah so you know he's a big-time guy and he was yeah he was joe biden's secretary of labor like um you know (laughs) involved in railway strikes so there you go that's one way to think about it um what
1: was it that uh that i know this is only semi-related but what was it that uh biden called gary bettman (laughs) by accident called him like gary baseball uh or something oh geez <laughs> do you guys remember that no uh, no i vaguely remember that's this on, yeah victor hedman oh like, he's no he G- said gary batman gary batman. Batman. batman that's what go. it was uh yeah. anyways pretty pretty uh, still
0: not as good as what bill clinton called steve Iserman.
1: oh was that steve Which was
0: steve is Airman. Yeah, yeah yeah that's <laughs> <interesting>. yeah <laughs> anyway when i was a kid it,
3: i i had no idea how it was pronounced for years and yeah I was yeah. just gonna ask if it.
1: Marty Walsh thinks thinks that his name is Gary Batman.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a he's obviously he's a hockey fan. He's but he's yeah he's a big time like old time. He's a labor po- politician, so that's, that's cool. So yeah, I mean they don't think, make him like
3: they don't make these guys anymore,
0: you know. No, no really and they so know. you know. But he's also a guy that like so one of the criticisms he's taken and and I as soon as I heard it, I was like, hold up um was that Jeremy Jacobs get you know the Jacobs family donated to his campaign well hold on there has not been a republican mayor in boston in a century yeah so who whoever <laughs> is running for the democrats you have to kiss the ring yeah so yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah at a certain level no, it's like the,
3: the aquilinis don't donate to to multiple mayoral candidates, or yeah. a, historically at least, yeah, you know? like, that's like, what you yeah. No, exactly. The develop- like, developers pay
1: everybody.
0: Like as yeah. disappointing as Kennedy may have been, let's not forget where Kennedy really kind of came from, and it's not acting these people. You know? Yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, so so he's a guy that like I, th- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't actually checked on that one, but I, when I when I thought I said, okay, here's a guy who could go to the players and say, I have made Jeremy Jacobs bow to me. And sounds pretty good.
1: (laughs) That's an interesting point. Yeah.
0: Right. So, you know, he knows that side of the game. He understands the language that all the billionaires talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's, you know, so we'll see, you know, it's the, the union's in an interesting spot. Like, um, there's, there's so much, I think I I would, I think there's a belief of people around them that there's a lot of untapped potential in terms of their own, uh, business d- sort of development potential as the players in terms of their own rights and their own, um, uh, what's the hell, what's the word, um, you know, licensing stuff and licensing their image and things like that. Like there's a lot of stuff the PA could yeah. be doing, um, to leverage their sort of their, 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 uh, collective action in a different way. Um, okay yeah so you know the question becomes is he is he about that as well like is he is he looking about what the players collectively could be doing beyond just arguing with the owners about what what constitutes hrr HRR, (laughs) right um and in a in a time where you know i think let's be honest like the the, the collapse of Valley sports is going to have huge impacts on the league. Mm, yeah. I, you know, the moment I saw that they're talking, oh, let's add more expansion teams. I'm like, oh, great. We're just doing more of that. Yeah. Um, You know, just this, you know, the, just the ridiculousness of, of a league that has, you know, an utter basket case in Arizona. I'm glad that people are finally kind of pointing out like, Are you kidding me? Because those kind of claim that oh we're rebuilding was always hogwash. The owner has money. Yeah, just a money laundering
1: operation. It's
0: it's literally and like someone pointed out to me though, like you know, there is an argument around the league that the reason why Arizona exists is to do exactly what they're doing, is they can just collect all at least now there's a place to collect deposit all the mistakes. But like
1: you
0: know, the union can't be happy about that.
1: No, and and it devalues the product. Like yeah. you Absolutely. can't have a league where where there's a team that never compete like that yeah. is designed to not compete and eat other people's problems like that's yeah. not that's it's so not even a small market or anything. But does
2: Arizona no. really mess up the the PA side of things because ultimately HR is a fixed revenue split? I guess it sort of blocks new players from entering the league.
0: Uh, how so?
2: Well, just like them eating ltir contracts and oh i guys, see you yeah like ultimately the players are still getting the same pot of money it's just getting split up to guys that
0: yeah aren't yeah.
2: earning it as much but they still are ultimately in the union
0: yeah yeah like i mean the reality it is embarrassing is that, though it's embarrassing well you know what's even more embarrassing is like phoenix has 5 million people in it like the metro area is huge yeah it's one of the largest yeah. metro areas in the u.s um so you can see why they have been reluctant to leave, but but they they forever have been picking the wrong the wrong guys. And you know, I mean, Friedman reported long ago, and like Gillis has not really wanted to talk to me about it, but didn't deny that yeah that there was a group sniffing around the Coyotes at the same time as it got sold to the current guy. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, I think there's every reason to think that that was a much more financially sound group. Um, so there's pol you know, I mean it's, it's politics and everything, right? But the politics oh, yeah. in hockey are atrocious. So, and I don't and I don't mean like how they act about equality or how no, they vote. No, I just that, mean no, literally how they operate within each other.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: but, as much fun as we had watching um net worth, like the league still kinda operates like that much more oh, yeah. than they want people to know.
1: Definitely. Oh. Yeah.
0: I was talking, Wagner. I don't know if you guys know. Like Wagner's right now, he's putting together this Canucks draft book. Yeah, it's awesome. It's gonna be so oh, cool. I can't wait. Yeah, anyway, I I had
1: him on earlier in the year to talk about the nice. uh, the infamous Owen Nolan no show, right game with the Queen. Um, I I can't wait for. I wrote the story on amazing. that,
0: sir. You could have had me on. And I, I could, know, but I all...
1: he did the new. He did the one that was because she, she died. did do. That's yeah. right. No, I did that too. Oh, did you? Oh yeah, <laughs> you guys did. You both did
0: it. Yeah. His was, he, We did different versions of the same story. It's true. Could, yeah. We could have a rivaling discussion. It would have been great. No, but Daniel, we were talking about it the other day because he's, you know, he... Um... Yeah, I'm trying to think. Anyway, he's just lined up some new, neat conversations recently. and uh, But one of the ones that we were talking about was sort of the beret, the yes. beret draft. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's a, a theory that Tony Gallagher has put forward um, that essentially the reason why because the claim as Daniel will detail in his book, yes, the claim that Mike Penny and his era of Canucks make is actually wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that the evidence they had wasn't the evidence they needed. The evidence they needed had to do with the league games. Yeah. And they actually showed the wrong evidence, but there was evidence correctly. And that that was be- there was this argument behind the scenes, because I think it was Detroit. Yes. Was looking at yeah, it. that's
1: right. Yeah, Detroit yeah. wanted to draft him, too.
0: So, anyway, but there's, you know, so Gallagher has this this point basically being, like, the reason why, in the end, um, the Canucks won was because Quinn had a lawsuit ruling against the league, yeah. going back to when they tried. They actually tried to expel him from the league, like, say he could never come back. Mm-hmm. Right, basically, late but it was just all nonsense. It was just stuff made up on paper. Like no lawyer, they never talked to a lawyer. And you know, oh, here comes Pat Quinn, who actually has gone to law school. You know, it's the same thing as Gillis <laughs> taking down Alan Eagleson. It's like yeah. it just it was just a bunch of local idiots sitting on a park bench making up what they wanted. Um mm. a bunch of and who were successful because they were supreme assholes and it had and they they sort of landed in the right spot at the right time. Um you know, just the incredible, like uh, the whole thing. It was just such an incredible cabal. Like it just was insane. I mean, it still Absolutely. is. Yeah. But yeah, but basically, Tony's point was that essentially that um, Quinn won because he dropped, or the Canucks won because Quinn agreed to drop the lawsuit. So you know that that's one. Mm-hmm. Daniel has done a bunch of reporting on this, so everyone should buy his book because I think he's.
1: It's going to be more. so good when it comes. It's going to be so wait. good. It's, yeah. it's
0: there's a few more things in that, but the other one is that related to that. At the same time, was that like? His other theory, or, well, Daniel's theory essentially is, is that by that point, like, everyone was fed up with Ziegler because he was just so bad at his job. And so then I asked it to Daniel, because I've never known, I don't know the answer. I was like, how did he get it in the first place? Daniel's like, that's a good question. I don't know. But it's such a, like, a statement about that era of the NHL. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they they won against the WHA. But, like, there was just so much, there were just so much, they won against the wha because they actually did get to the right places first but they still like were lucky.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. And... The the y- you know the the simpsons joke where uh it's like uh the the thought bubble appears above homer's head and it's the monkey like banging. The,
0: yeah. Uh, cy- exactly. Yeah.
1: banging the symbols together or whatever. That's like I wonder what's going on in the league office and it's just yeah. like,
0: basically like Yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Random, but are there any good books or something
3: on that? Like the old kind of Wild West of of, of like, like Alan Eagleson. I don't know anything about him. Uh, I remember reading the book about Mike Gillis and wishing that
1: there was a lot more about
3: that yeah. era. I storm,
0: yeah, I
1: can't. I got to read that again. Yeah. Um, storm, Ice Storm,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, guys, I'm trying to get Gillis to write a book, but I yeah. Oh, God. God. It would have been so good. Well, Why? Why Actually? would he? I know like that that's the problem of... I'm trying to, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have a book in here. There is an NHL. I'll send it. I'll send you guys. I've got a book. I've, I picked through it. It's actually kind of interesting. It's like, um, it's like in the unauthorized history of the NHL. So the guy, the guy mm. dug through a lot of like archival documents. I'm going to have to that. read
1: that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'll, it's, it's like 15 years old, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the name. I can't remember what the top of my head was. It's, it's like the NHL, the untold story or something like that. Um cool. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, do you quickly want to know the Gillis allen Eagleson story? Is should we just do that since we brought it yeah, up? Five, sure. cliff notes. Let's, 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 yeah, us let's do yeah. that. Let's, let's we'll close, close on that. that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay, we'll close on that. So Allen Eagleson, for those who don't know, was um essentially the first agent in the NHL who also became uh he was the executive director of the of the players association starting in the late sixties.
1: After and after then, losing a uh MLA race to uh Red Kelly in Ontario, that's right. Yeah, which is wild. I'm sorry, I just had to throw that in there.
0: Red (laughs) Kelly, who would show up to the legislature while he was still a professional hockey player, that's right. Yep. Um, oh god, I've now now I'm thinking about um Eastern Approaches. You guys ever read Eastern Approaches? No,
3: please, please go read. Okay, I will. Yeah, Eastern Approaches, Eastern Approaches.
0: Fitzroy McLean, he's this this minor arist- Scottish aristocrat. He basically was like number five in the SAS, and but the whole story of how he gets into the army involves him getting elected as an anyway. It's a great book. Let's read that one too. Right. Um, but yeah, so Alan Eagleson is heavily involved with Hockey Canada as well. He's kind of running everything. It's like insane. Uh, he's very involved with organizing the Summit Series. He's Bobby Orr's agent. Uh, he, become, he basically is the agent to all the top guys, but essentially is like he's like he was so corrupt. Um, a real uh,
1: a real Colonel Tom Parker. Ass yeah, uh, great yeah. comparison. Yeah, yeah, like I was
0: gonna say, like total double agent. Like mm-hmm. was not pretended he was operating in the interests of the players, but wasn't. Um, and it turns out was essentially. Um, uh, Pilfering money from the players, uh there's like a health and safety fund, mm-hmm. um, as well as a pension fund, and he was embezzling money from it. And the guy that figured this out was Mike. The first guy to figure this out was Mike Gillis, because Gillis oh, wow. has a mm. playing career, uh, is drafted by Colorado, the Colorado Rockies, fifth
1: overall um, or something.
0: Yeah, like he was a very talented young junior, but you know, too smart for his own good. Yeah, Boston ends is up foot in,
1: or whatever. Yeah, but
0: yeah. but before that, shows up in Colorado, um, and Don Cherry's the coach. But like this is post Boston Cherry, and like it's 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 the thing that like again, what a joke of a it was. Don Cherry basically stumbled into coaching the Boston Bruins, which were one of the most talented teams of the generation, and was smart enough not to fiddle enough with his team, but also. <laughs> Like he was, just, he was just, wasn't a very good coach.
1: There's the famous, so, uh there's the famous interview question where someone asks him, how do you coach Bobby Orr? And he says, open the door.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. is not yeah. long. No, it's know?
1: absolutely correct. But it also but shows
0: you that. For one, for one
3: player, it. it's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: I think, I think he also, but you know, in the end is also believe I think he came to believe his own press and yeah, yeah yeah there's all yeah, these. yeah, yeah anyway. absolutely. so he's coaching Colorado and like I've written a story about Like I wrote a story about coaching culture and Mike was willing to talk a lot about that and like he's not the only person that said like Cherry was not and had no idea doing he certainly didn't know what to do with young players and Mike was this bit of an aloof oddball guy and uh, Cherry hated him
1: and um, go to go into too many museums for sure
0: <laughs> probably yeah. anyway Mike 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 you know suffers a serious knee injury. Uh, He ends up in Boston, um, has to essentially retire because of injuries. Along the way, uh, decides to go back to school. Eventually gets a law degree, Um, is working in like corporate law, I think Boston, or I want to say Toronto. Anyway, he's originally from Kingston. And um, long story short, starts looking at essentially the sort of health coverage in his contract and is like, Oh, I'd like to claim I'm owed some money and calls up Eagleson and the story goes from there. And eventually, you know, there's a court case that Mike pursued to the very end, you know, after becoming a super agent and was making millions of dollars, didn't need the settlement, but completely to prove the point. And in the process, um, a number of former clients led by Brad Park who was sort of the number the second best defenseman of the 70s. That's
1: right. Um yeah, New York Rangers
0: you know Brilliant. Brilliant. essentially start saying where's my money? Yeah. And it all collapses and so Eagleson goes to jail. And uh, Oh my god. Yeah, it's I nuts. I knew it's, that but I had no it's, idea. It's it a, it's, an, it's a episode. wild yeah, go go look it's a, I mean it's just a wild sports labor like all that kind of stuff. Like it's
1: it's yeah. so. This should be a movie. <laughs> it's such a it, like it that story too, hangs over everything with Mike yeah. Gillis. Like the fact that it, it's it's one of those things that really is like, in the first sentence, of introducing Mike Gillis as a figure, it should be like Mike yeah. Gillis, general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, super agent to players like Pavel Bure and the guy who brought down Alan Edelson. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you could argue bringing down Alan Eagleson should come first. And yeah. it's a thing that yeah. not nearly enough yeah. people really know about. Yeah.
3: yeah. Responsible yeah. for the, for, for the well-being
0: of thousands of players today. And yeah. In the past. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So which brings us back wow. to Riley Stillman and all these sort of things. So there you go, guys. There's, there's we covered a lot tonight. <laughs> well done.
1: Yes. I this was a good it. one. It was a long one, but it was a very good one. Thanks for, thanks for uh, your time. PJ, no worries, guys. Thanks it. for having me. Uh, anything to plug or
0: uh... Uh, prom- province uh, Province.com. I'm on Twitter at RisingAction. Action Bold right. <laughs> Against my will, <laughs> but uh, it's still there. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, right. Province.com. I mean, I know, I know our owners. You know, we're not necessarily popular, but it does help me if you do find a way in your heart to subscribe to my stories. Yes, it's, we have read we his, articles. You know, the his articles. Click on the article. Not very expensive. You see, if you if you become a subscriber, you don't get as many ads. Well, there you go. Ooh. And I think we're very affordable. It's true.
1: <laughs> My dad was a province subscriber for years. Yeah. Back when they used yeah. to get the paper, I used to love it.
0: I was Open yeah. up the paper. Oh, no, it was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah, it was we, good times. You know, yeah. Things aren't like they used to be, but they never are. No, it's true.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to PJ again. I'll uh, save the plugs on our end for next time. So. Uh, yeah, sounds yeah. yeah,
3: thanks. We've been excited to have you on for a while now. Ever thanks, since texted us. Sure. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, PJ. See
1: you guys.